Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, He's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk on the subject, Upside Down Christmas. We find that from Genesis all through the Old Testament, it was prophesied that Jesus would come. The Messiah would arrive. The King of Glory would take his residence in the earth. God the Father spoke it, not only to the people of God, but even to the adversary that there was one coming in the first chapters of Genesis. And the Bible said over and over, it was prophesied hundreds of times that he would arrive. Old Testament prophets, major prophets, minor prophets would foretell his arrival. And we find that as God began to set the platform and begin to put the things in place for his arrival, we find that the heavens became silent because the things of God grew dim to his people and the world seemed turned upside down. God's last encounter with his people was this, that they needed to turn from wicked ways and put aside false gods and honor God because they had robbed him and been separated from him. Then the heavens became silent. The world was in chaos. There were some looking for a Messiah and a king, but the world seemed turned upside down. And in the Gospels, we find that God began to pour himself into a child and into the earth. And we find that the Gospels begin to tell stories of the gift of Jesus. 33 years, they would tell us, of his existence, just snapshots of his earthly life. A few years of ministry that he would have. And every gospel would start differently, but they would all conclude the same way, with a cross and a resurrection. They would all begin with different outlooks and perceptions and perspectives, but they would all end one way, with a cross and a resurrected Savior. And in Matthew's gospel, he starts this way. Matthew chapter 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, the son of Abraham. Now stay with me. Abraham begot Isaac. Many of you skip over this part when you begin to read. And Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah. And his brothers, and Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot... Abinadad, and Abinadad begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, smoked or bourbon. (laughs) Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Now David the king begot Solomon by who who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Reboam, and Reboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa, and Asa begot Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah, and Uzziah begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah, and Hezekiah begot Manasseh, and Manasseh begot Amon, and Amon begot Josiah, 
Josiah begot Jeconai, and Jeconai and his brothers in Babylon. After that, they were brought to Babylon, and Jeconai begot Shetel, and Shetel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abudai. And you thought you had some crazy names in your family. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Anybody begot Akim, and Akim begot Eliad, and Eliad begot Eleazar, and Nathan, and Nathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. God began to reveal himself in the Gospels, four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of those being good news, good declaration, a declaration that a Christ, a Messiah, had now arrived. All four of them start with different um, perspectives on Jesus' life. We find that John started this way, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then he said this, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Those that he came to did not see that he had arrived. Those that he came to, to bless, and those that he came to redeem could not see who he was. Why? Because when he came, he came to an upside-down world. The good news is, there is good news. There is good news for you and good news for me. There is good news for us as the people of God and for those that do not know God. The good news is Jesus came. The good news is that God is working all things for my good and for his purpose. He's working in you, around you, and even beyond you so that his purpose can be blessed through you and be laid out in you and that it will work for your good. God's plan for you is always a good plan. It's always a plan of blessing. It's never a plan of hardship. It's never a plan that will do you harm, but it's always a plan that has an end and a place of destination. God is working for you and for his purpose. The good news is, the good news is for everyone. It's not for a select group. It's not for a certain people. It's not just for the up and in or the down and out. It's for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Anybody that desires to hear this good news is a recipient of it. It's for everyone. And Jesus came and he began to, at his very entrance, turn things upside down. He came to a chaotic world, kind of like we're living in today, where it seems like everything that is right is now wrong. And everything that used to be wrong seems to be right and we find that not only is it out in our communities and it's not only in society but many times it's even in the body of Christ where we find ourselves living in an upside down world and Jesus came to an upside down world an upside down society darkness had encroached in the earth and we find that when he shows up he begins to turn things upside down from his very arrival we find that he does this he was given not only to a young couple, a common couple, but we find that when he arrives as they're looking for a king and a kingdom, we are given a baby in a barn. They're looking for a king of glory and we're given a baby. They're looking for armies to arrive, but he shows up with a young couple that has no place in society. We find that he is not given a palatial estate 
or even room in a hotel. But he arrives in an old barn and is laid in a manger. When he arrives, the heavens begin to stand still and the angels begin to sing. We find that things in the atmosphere begin to shift at his very arrival. He was born in an irrelevant city. Matter of fact, many even asked what good could come from Bethlehem. But when he would get done with Bethlehem, it would be one of the number one tourist attractions in the earth today. Because that's what Jesus does when he shows up at insignificant places. He changes everything. And the Bible said over and over, he began to do things. He began to reveal himself. He began to work. We find that his very arrival, he began to answer the questions that had been asked. He began to establish a kingdom that many did not see. He assembled an army, but it was not soldiers with swords. It was fishermen, and it was businessmen. It were people that he encountered in everyday life, that lived ordinary lives. And as he began to put this team together, we find that the hurt would be healed and the broken would be restored. The lost would be found. We find that even in his lineage, it seemed that they had made a mistake because in his very lineage, as Matthew showed us, I believe Matthew was trying to tell us this is not a fairy tale. This is not just some fable or story, but you can trace him from the very beginning of Father Abraham all through a lineage that arrives now at Christ. But in this lineage, it would be what we would seem as a messed up dysfunctional family though there were some great men like Father Abraham but there were also some men like Jacob in there that deceived and manipulated there were kings but yet there were murderers there were great people of faith but there were harlots there were even Moabites that were always the enemy of the people of God there were people that were born out of broken relationship we find that even when Solomon was told about the son of King David it said that he was born from the wife of Uzziah that was killed in battle. What you have to understand is this whole lineage is messed up. Oh, there's some good things. Now, genealogy is very popular today. For $59.99, you can find out everybody you've ever been related to. Some of you are like, I don't want any more relatives. I have got enough. I was going to, but then Thanksgiving came and they all came to my house. I have enough relatives. But, but it's really popular right now. But they begin to give the genealogy. Now, if I'm telling you people I'm related to, I want to tell you the people that, you know, are going to show well in my family. I'm not going to tell you about the jacked up uncle that's been serving time over here, you know. Been in jail nine times. I'm not going to tell but, but in Jesus' genealogy, they just list everybody. They leave nobody out. Because what you have to understand was he was trying to reveal to us that with the gospel, everybody has a place. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's all about where you're going. It's all about what God is doing in the earth. And he came and from his very inception, he began to turn things. Aren't you glad he can do something with you? Even though you have a broken path, he can declare a future that is bright and full of God's purpose and full of God's favor and in his genealogy he began to list it all begin to list all of the all of the good all the bad all the ugly and they begin to tell us in his arrival the questions that have been asked were now being answered prophecies were being fulfilled the way the truth and the life had arrived Jesus the Messiah 
had come. Kings would be confused. Religious people would be offended when Jesus stepped on the scene. And in his very arrival, it would confuse most. We find that he began to grow and everywhere he went, things began to change. At a young age, he would challenge religious people and religious thinkers of the day. Every time he showed up at a gathering, he would turn things around. Show up at a funeral, dead people would get up. Show up at a leper colony, lepers would be healed. Encounter cripples that were laying by gate begging, and freedom would be released. Blind men would begin to see. Everywhere he went, he dove into upside-down situations and began to turn them and right them. And we find out that over and over, he came to the broken, the hurting. In Luke's gospel, he begins to give the account of Jesus' arrival, and it starts with a young girl named Mary. And in verse 26, the Bible says that in the sixth month, an angel, Gabriel, was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And he shall call it, we shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Here it is, right here. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, or here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is what happens. An angel shows up at Mary's house. Now watch, she just cleaned the house, doing all the things she did on a routine basis. And an angel showed up and said, Greetings! It scared Mary. Now if an angel showed up at your house this afternoon, just about the time you were going to watch the football game, it might set you back. She said, What manner of greeting is this? He said, oh, I've come to tell you 
My name is Gabriel. I am an angel. Not just any angel, but Gabriel was like one of the top level angels. He was the messenger angel. And she said, I've got a message from God for you. You have found favor with God. How many know favor can change everything? As he was declaring that earlier, Father, I said, let it be. Because one moment of favor in your life can open doors you can never open. One moment of favor can turn things around that seem to be going in the wrong direction. One moment of favor and one moment in God's presence can shift everything. He said, Mary, you have found favor with God and you are blessed because of that favor and you are going to have a child and immediately she began to look her and begin to wonder how is this going to be because she said, I've not known a man. He said, matter of fact, this child is going to be the son of God and the government is going to rest upon his shoulder and do his kingdom there will be no end he will be the son of God the king of glory the Messiah that everyone has been waiting on and she was fearful in this moment because she could not see how this would work she was single she had not known a man the Bible says she was just this young girl from a common neighborhood engaged to a carpenter a common young man but this is it right here when she said how will this be and the angel said here is how it is going to happen the Holy Spirit is going to cover you and the power of the most high is going to overshadow you and then it hit her I can't do it by myself but when God invades my world and God invades my life and God invades my dark place and God answers my question and God covers me when I do not have the answer it can work and she made a statement that would change everything after the angel said this do not be afraid why because sometimes when the world is turned upside down fear will keep you from having faith when it seems like everything is going wrong fear will keep you from having faith when you feel like you're in a battle fear will keep you from having faith when you feel like you do not have the answer fear will keep you from having faith but the angel said Mary do not fear this is bigger than you do not fear this is beyond you do not fear because the baby you deliver will one day deliver you do not fear Mary and Mary rose up in her faith and this is what she said here I am God here I am let it be unto me according to your word I'll receive what you are saying I'll receive what you have declared I'll receive what you have spoken all you have to do is receive what God is saying about you when he says you're blessed just receive the blessing when he says your favor just receive his favor when he said there's a greater season just receive that a greater season is on the way when he said that you're healed just receive healing in your body when he said the next season will be better than the last season just believe by faith that your steps are ordered what she said was I'll receive your word I don't know how but I receive it I don't know how but I say yes and it must have been enough for the angel because the angel left all God needs you to do is rise up in this season even though the world seems turned upside down even though you may be in a broken situation and rise up and say God I don't know how but I say yes to your word I can't figure it out but I say yes to your word I don't know the timing but I say yes to your word I don't know how you're going to heal my kids but I say yes to your word I don't know how you're going to break through in my finances but I say yes to your word I don't know how you're going to turn my midnight but I say yes to your word I don't know how you're going to do it but I say yes to your word 
Yes, 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 yes. And I want you to understand the minute you begin to make that declaration, the heavens begin to shift. Some of you, God is just waiting for you to say yes. You think you've been waiting on him, but he's been waiting on you. Oh, come on, that's a good place. Jump to your feet. Put your hands together and just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. I say yes to your word. Why? Because others' words will fail you. My word may come up short. Your word, your word, your word, your word, your word. I say yes. And this is what God said to Mary. He said, Mary, matter of fact, I've given your cousin Elizabeth also a gift and a child. She's, matter of fact, she's in her sixth month. She's the one that everyone calls barren because she's older in age and never had a child. But I want you to show, I wanted to show you. I wanted to put things around you that will build your faith. See, if you and I would really look in the midst of a world that is turned upside down, God's put thing, is putting things in our path that will build our faith. He's putting words of encouragement that will lift our spirit. Sometimes we just have to look. Sometimes we just have to listen. In verse 17 of Matthew, this is what the Bible said. From the genealogy from Abraham to David, there were 14 generations. From David to Babylon in captivity, there were 14 generations. From captivity to Christ, there were 14 generations. That's six sevens. Six sevens. Generation. The number seven is the number of completeness, and it is the number of order, and it is the number of perfection in the Word of God. Jesus would be the seventh seven. What he was saying is this you know what? We've got a jacked up genealogy here, but I'm the seventh seven. We've got a messed up group here, but I'm the seventh seven. We've got a messed up history here, but I'm the seventh seven. And when I step into the genealogy, everything that is broken will be restored. Everything that is messed up will be restored. I'm the seventh seven. And when you get the seventh seven in line in your family, marriages begin to turn around. Kids begin to straighten out. Things begin to work in your favor. He said, I'm the seventh seven. And when I step into this genealogy, I'm going to cover all the brokenness. I'm going to cover all the dysfunction. I'm going to reach back and cover all of the broken places. Why? Because I'm God and I can do it. And when you understand that he still desires to invade your upside down world, what if this Christmas season he dove right into those places and we just said, yes, God, invade this place, invade this space, invade this moment. What if he invaded those upside down places and we walked out of 2018 knowing the God of all order the God of completeness he was saying I'm getting ready to complete 
I'm getting ready to perfect. I'm getting ready to align. I'm getting ready to establish. I'm getting ready to fulfill. Oh, I'm not going to do it the way you thought or they thought or the religious people thought. Not a king sitting on a throne, but a baby in a barn. To a common couple in an everyday neighborhood. In a little town that seems irrelevant to most people. But you know, that's what he's doing today. He shows up in the least likely of places. Maybe you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I I don't see what he can do with me. I, I don't know what he could do with my situation. When I look in the mirror, I don't see the purpose and the destiny that you speak about. That's what Christmas is all about. God invading an upside down world. I want to talk next week about how wise men and wise women see God in an upside down place. But just maybe this Christmas season... He wants to dive into that place that may seem turned upside down and begin to make things right. Maybe you look back at your genealogy and say, yep, that was me. Or maybe you're the broken link. But what if he connected to it? Not a baby in a manger any longer. Not even a Christ on a cross. Not a savior in a grave. But a resurrected king that has all power and all authority. And the minute he invades your world, light breaks into darkness. I'm going to just slide your hand up. If you desire him, just invade every place. Father, I sense your presence so strong in this room today. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.